Welcome to Nicosia Uncut. It was an emotional day for Cypriots and particularly for people from Varosha. So we discussed what actually happened, how this has been received in both communities, and how unstable status quo constantly creates more crisis. Discussing the way forward, we also analyzed the elections in the Turkish Cypriot community. It was a very emotional day for Famagustians and not only, uh, for many other people who uh, have been seeing the developments in Varosha. What happened was that the Turkey Cypriot site, this also is an issue which is being discussed in the north, decided to allow access to certain parts of Varosha and it created a very negative feeling among many people in Cyprus. So what would you like to say to me about how this is being regarded and seen? I think it was an emotional day for all Cypriots. Cypriots are waking up to the reality of our current situation and of the instability of the status quo. And I think that yesterday's development, which everyone could have seen it coming for at least the past two years, um, was merely an indication of, of the many more similar crises and similar defeats that uh, Cypriots will be called to face, uh, in my opinion. Um, the issue is that it does not seem like people are, have a plan as to how to proceed now on following this development. It is interesting to see the vastly emotional reactions. It has been an overwhelmingly emotional few days for Cypriots and especially for Famagustians. Uh, however, it is still unclear as to whether there is a clear plan on behalf of both the leadership as well as the people regarding how to proceed from now on and how to avert a worsening of the current situation. The pictures were dramatic because uh, for the first time after 74, certain parts of Varosha became accessible to the civilians and uh, with our current technology many Cypriots, Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots actually, entered into two streets and the coastal line which were not accessible before and it was an emotional experience. First of all, I think I will tell you a little bit about how it was uh, regarded in the north in the, among the Turkish Cypriot community. First of all, it created a, a, an earthquake because the coalition fell. Small party of the coalition pulled out from the coalition, from the government, and uh, on the grounds that this was uh, executed by Ersin Tatar, the prime minister uh, and the current uh, leader of UBP and the candidate to the uh, leadership elections. It was a clear sign that this was executed, planned and executed by Turkey directly. We know that Kutret Özersay also has been uh, advocating to open up Varosha and making preparations for it. For him, it was his own project, but we saw that Turkey decided to take it away from him and give it to Ersin Tatar. Mustafa Akıncı, the Turkish Cypriot leader, was bypassed. Government, the, the cabinet uh, as a whole, was bypassed and um, the small party in the coalition was bypassed. So 
we can comfortably say that the Turkish Cypriots were bypassed in this process. So it created a political anger and it also created a feeling that this is done intentionally right before the elections in order to interfere in the elections on behalf of Ersin Tatar. These are the initial reactions, the feelings. Mustafa Kunju made a statement against it. And uh, we have uh, observed many uh, Turkish Cypriots were feeling angry about this development, even the ones who are not necessarily pro-solution. Even Serdar Denktaş said that this is an intervention in the Turkish Cypriot affairs. And uh, the pro-solution circles were also very sad because they have observed the reaction and anger of the Greek Cypriots uh, who were uprooted from their uh, land and property and uh, they're feeling now that they're losing it altogether. Yes, uh, I think your reference to the elections, we will go back to it uh, a bit later on to look at the impact on the Turkish Cypriot uh, leadership elections. Uh, but let's see a bit how the issue was uh, received and perceived in the Greek Cypriot community. Well, as you understand, it was indeed a very emotional day for many people. And uh, the images that came out of uh, the opening of that road, because... Let's be clear about it. What has opened is just a road leading to the coast and another one kilometer of a coastal uh, front next to the 500 meters that had been opened in 2017 by Turkey. So regardless of this, however, the emotions ran high yesterday because of the images that were coming out from that road. And, you know, I mean, just to put things into perspective, we are talking about people who have not been able to see their homes for the past 46 years and suddenly you have people walking amongst derelict buildings and uh, it was you who said it yesterday it was like a museum it was like Turkey did all this in order to say to people look what I can do this created a very emotional reaction on behalf of Greek Cypriots that really they were awoken up to what the realities of today are there was a demonstration at the Derinia crossing point by Greek Cypriots where uh, politicians also participated and in fact the leaders of the two leading parties Kel and DC they they called for a resumption of negotiations and the return to dialogue so you, that, that was interesting to see how uh, the major political parties are seeing this as something that should boost uh, the sides towards negotiations in order to avert a worsening scenario. Uh, however, at the same time, and that is my personal opinion, it is a bit mind-boggling to see this excess of emotions regarding something that we all knew it was coming, we all knew it was happening, and sadly, nobody wanted to take any action with regards to this. And it is, I believe it is a sign of times as well, and social media really assist a lot in, in forcing people to basically have an opinion on or raise an opinion on an issue that is happening on a single day. But the problem of Famagusta is not a single day issue, and neither that nor the Cyprus problem in itself. And these outbursts of emotions at uh, such occasions could be indicative of a lack of a greater strategy as to how we approach matters. 
don't get me wrong, I am not downplaying the development. It was a very emotional day for all of us yesterday. However, some of us have been repeatedly warning about this development and some people have been repeatedly fighting against this development and they didn't wake up one day just to see this happening. And in all of our analysis of historical developments, we need to be clear that nothing happens in a day and nothing happens over the course of the day. The signs were there and just reacting simply by emotions will get us nowhere. We need to find a way out of the current situation and we need to find a way out of what of this crisis. I must say that in the Greek Cypriot community and in the way that they, they reacted to the situation, I am not clear whether there is a clear plan or desire about how we proceed from now on. And empty rhetoric and slogans and emotional slogans, we have been used to them for the past 46 years. The issue is how do we proceed from now on? Andromahi is a peace activist. When I was watching the developments, the protests, the nationalistic rhetoric, I felt like shouting, saying that the negative attitude, the lack of commitment to the peace process is the main, is the main reason why we are in this situation, first of all. Of course, we are not downgrading the illegal role of violating the United Nations principles of the Security Council decisions that it is illegal to kick civilians out of their properties and all that. But we cannot be solving any of our problems by not pinpointing the very reason why we couldn't use our chances to fix it. And the pro-solution institutions, the people, even United Cyprus now, I can count at least three press releases on why we should be committing ourselves for, to the solution of the problems uh, before Varosha is being abused. And I, I find it unacceptable that those nationalists, or those populists, those people who are against commitment to the peace process are now trying to dominate the agenda again, trying to be there for the, for the Varoshians who are having a very emotional Time. Yes, and you know, Kimal, it's um, it's interesting to see how sometimes, I'm not sure how this will sound, but it sometimes feels like we get satisfaction out of being constantly the victims. And, and the fact is that there were so many things that we could have done to avert this development and our leadership had uh, could have done so many things to avert what happened that... Uh, Really, our anger should be directed at uh, what we could have done rather than on the perpetrator of this action, in my opinion, or at least the, the way that I look to things. And in all honesty, I believe that uh, as a political analyst now, I believe that Turkey's action was aimed at, at different audiences. On the one hand, it was the Turkish Cypriot audience, just like you said, it was this blow to the independence of the Turkish Cypriots in themselves. So that is uh, an important aspect that the Turkish Cypriots need to consider. But at the same time, it was also a message to the Greek Cypriot uh, politicians and to the Republic of Cyprus leadership, telling them, look what I can do. 
as long as this unstable status quo remains in place. And Turkey has been doing it with its actions in the exclusive economic zone as well. And now it is doing it in Famagusta. I must say that I believe that worse things are to come unless there is a solution to this problem that appears to be now um, causing all this all this crisis, but we need to be clear as to what this uh, action was aimed at. Just like you say about the nationalists, etc., it is interesting to see how uh, these people are always looking for these developments in order to spread their hatred about the other side. I was reading many comments about people saying that the Turkish Cypriots have not reacted. I was reading many comments about how attacks against pro-solution people uh, telling them, are these the people that you want to coexist with, etc. And the truth is that sometimes it is like people uh, exist in echo chambers because so many Turkish Cypriots reacted to this development that it is astounding, in fact. And yet the dominant perception in the Greek Cypriot community is that the Turkish Cypriots have not reacted. At the same time, so many bicommunal movements, and it's not only the United Cyprus Now movement, it was the Famagusta Initiative as well, it was the left movement, so many uh, bicommunal movements have protested the move and uh, we need to be even the turkish cypriot leader protested of course even the turkish cypriot leader protested the move and as you said even turkish cypriot politicians protested the move in fact uh, if we are to be clear out of the leading candidates in the turkish cypriot elections aside from uh, sintadar and Arikli, of course, who belongs to the Rebirth Party, the other four leading candidates, they condemned the move. So we need to be open-minded and look at the wider picture and we need to be clear that if each side fights its own struggles alone, we will get nowhere. There is nothing more important than the people of both sides coming together condemning an action that is seen as a direct interference against the people's rights on the island and as a direct interference against people's will on the island. So, in my opinion, these developments should only make us realize that Cypriots are stronger together rather than each fighting their own struggle in their own echo chambers. The problem, I guess, here is that we are consciously or subconsciously aware of the missed opportunities of the past. The last one was in Crown Montana, and of course a blame game started, and then we are not interested in this. But there is a clear indication that the sides did not manage to stay on the table and conclude, and so that we can actually, dis- so we could discuss different things today. This is also the other indication of we are actually living in a bubble, that we think that we are the center of the world, we think that we can play great strategies. In the end, both Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots suffer, and we continue to blame each other for the actions that we found ourselves or that were pushed through our throats. So I'm trying to look at it in a, let's say, in a more positive way now, because yes, there was a desperation, but we have now the elections in the Turkish Cypriot community and a possible uh, positive outcome can maybe create us a pause so that we can actually stop 
and then restart something positive. Well, I'm I'm always the the, the cynical one of of us too. Um, and while I understand and I all our hopes at the moment rest on the elections on Sunday and on the Turkish Cypriots managing to send a message about their uh, independence and about the independence of their will uh, to everyone that uh, desires to interfere upon them. However, I believe that for any such action to count, you need the other side, the other community to be able and to be in a position to grasp the opportunity and grasp the hope that might arise from Sunday or from the coming Sunday onwards into proceeding into the future together. At different times, both sides have made moves that have been that have created a hopeful setting as to you know proceeding on the issue of, of negotiations. The real issue, however, is for a time when this Uh, actions will be concurrent uh, for a time when both sides will be able to act together with a view to the future, with a view to a united Cyprus. And this is why, while I personally as well rest all my hopes currently on the elections, I am still a bit concerned because I am not, I am not convinced that the Greek Cypriot side is determined to seize this opportunity. Because let's be honest, uh, Kemal, I mean, for instance, the current leader of the Turkish Cypriot, Mustafa Akinci, who is a pro-solution candidate who has been vocal against this action in Famagusta, he has been there for the past five years. And for the past three years, things on the Cyprus problem have been dormant. So it is, I don't want to fall into this trap of focusing all of our analysis on, on an election process because for the past three years, nothing has happened because there have been so many missed opportunities by the Greek Cypriot side as well. So as a Greek Cypriot, but as a Cypriot mostly, uh, in my opinion, what happened on yesterday, it created so many emotions. It was anger, it, it was disappointment, it was frustration, but all in one, it was the Cyprus tragedy. I, I honestly believe that the pictures that came out yesterday uh, represented tragedy of the Cyprus problem and our reactions also represented the tragedy of the Cyprus problem because I am not convinced to what extent we realized that only if we act together will we be able to have a stable future. Well, Cypriots have this option. Either they will be trapped into an anger and um, it will stop there or try to change the things they can change if you try to shoot the moon if you want to change the world order if you want to change the geographical positioning of the countries if you want to change you know uh, what turkey does or do others do i mean these are the things you cannot change easily but there are things that you can change one thing especially for the turkish cypriots they can choose their leader And uh, now that we have the Secretary General involved, now that the Turkish-Greek relations uh, were in crisis and then they were trying to fix it, now now that the international community, I think, realizes the potentials of of a a solution on this corner of of the, the world, we must do our best to do what we can do within our power. 
We cannot be very optimistic. There are not many reasons to be optimistic, but we need to focus on the things we can change in this framework. Exactly, Kemal. And this is why we need to resist being drowned in emotion. And as you outlined, the course is clear. There is an unprecedented European Union support towards the solution of the Cyprus problem because the European Union seems to have finally realized that uh, the Cyprus problem influences many more aspects and many more issues in Europe uh, rather than simply Cyprus, being a matter of Cyprus. And therefore, the road is paved and the road is clear. And this is why the elections on, on Sunday will uh, matter so much. So what, what would you like to say on the issue of the elections? Dramatic days we have experienced, dramatic events. I think for many Turkish Cypriots, this is a moment to show that they are not going to accept direct instructions from Ankara, from Erdogan government. Even the ones who keep Turkey dearly in their hearts are not very happy the way things are being being done here in Cyprus. One of the uh, weakest points of Mustafa Akıncı is that He promised a solution five years ago, and after five years, there is a a sense of uh, disappointment because of the failed talks. But the Cyprus problem is slowly, slowly becoming a secondary issue in the elections. And our dignity and our resistance against the way Erdogan is handling the matters are the issues that are dominating the agenda. I believe that Mr. Mustafa Akinci will be re-elected, but even if he is not re-elected, we know that there is a very strong feeling on the ground against Turkey's intervention into the Turkish Cypriot matters. How this will be reflected on the elections, we will see. But regardless of the outcome, this anger is there. This sociological phenomenon of Turkish Cypriots voicing out their own community being an independent, autonomous community. And independence in this world doesn't necessarily mean full independence. It means that they can decide for themselves. So... Still, I think Mr. Tatar will be able to make it to the second round because, yes, there is a strong right wing in the Turkish Cypriot community, just like in the Greek Cypriot community. And yes, there are those who will be listening to what Erdogan will be saying, especially some people who resettled from Turkey uh, into Cyprus. But again, I don't want to classify all Turkish people or settlers as many Greek Cypriots say act in a in a unitary way this is not true there are studies showing that they are actually voting for various candidates but at the end of the day I am hoping that a federalist at least one federalist candidate will make it to the second round it would be a, a good answer to have two federalist candidates into the second round but that would mean if uh, Tufan Erhirman and um, Mustafa Kanju goes into the second round there might be more chances for Tufan Erhirman to be elected because of the mutual dislike of right and and Turkey of Ovakunji. There are also some who are saying that the anger of this intervention is so high, Mustafa Kunji will make it in the first round, especially if there will not be a, a big participation. I don't know. I think it's too optimistic for 
or Mustafa Akinji. You know, I'm following the developments, but I don't have the full, the full grasp that you have. But Serdar Dektash's role uh, in these elections appears to be crucial. And correct me if I am wrong, because what I see is that he, he's, the, he's the son of Rav Dektash. He's the former le- leader of, uh, of uh, the Democratic Party. Uh, but he is uttering uh, a stance that is clearly, wh- while he's not a supporter of a federation, he's a supporter of a more loose structure. But at the same time, he has been very vocal about the core issue of these elections, which is independence of Turkish Cypriots from Turkey. And he has not been shy about it. As you said, he condemned the issue of Famagusta. He has been, uh, he has openly referred to interventions from Turkey. So. It will be interesting to see where his votes will be directed in case we head on uh, to the second round. Do you have uh, an opinion on this? There is a lot of speculation about who will be voting for who in the second round. We know that the followers do not necessarily follow their leaders' leads when it comes to the leadership elections. They just uh, follow their own hearts. We might comfortably say that Serdar Denktash's supporters, some of them will be voting for probably Akunju if Serdar Denktash cannot make it to the second round. Mm-hmm. But you don't think that Serdar Denktash will openly come out and say, I urge my voters to vote this candidate? No. I don't think so. Probably he might work behind the scenes. He might he might probably make sure that he is not regarded as if he is supporting either candidate. But uh, some of his people might vote for uh, Akinji, although he is a right-wing candidate. If you ask my opinion how the outcome will be, the ranking will probably be Akinji, Tatar, Erhurman, and then for the fourth place, Kudret and Serdar will be competing, and then Arikla will come uh, sixth. But uh, there is a lot of speculation whether uh, Tatar will be coming on the top and Akanji will come second, or whether Tatar will be the third and Tufan will be the second. But I think everybody is expecting Akanji to be in the second round. Whether it will be Tufan or Tatar, we will see. I cannot... I cannot see how two pro-solution federal candidates will make it to the second round when we have such a strong right wing in the Turkish Cypriot community, but we will see. Good. Thank you very much uh, for this, Kemal. I think it was a more solemn <laughs> uh, Nicosian Cut uh, episode uh, this time. We are going through difficult times, Andromahi, and this is nothing new. I think we are trained to go through difficult times. <laughs> in the sense that uh, we got used to uh, the negative developments and the developments in Cyprus trained us. And I think that we shouldn't allow ourselves to be drowned into emotions over uh, sporadic developments that are simply uh, the results of a greater problem. And we should focus uh, in the root, in, in tackling the root of the problem. Which is the oh same problem is it, in is it some sort of an optimism here? <laughs> well, no, I am a cynic, but I am a determined cynic. You know, I'm a cynic, but in my cynicism, I still uh, focus on working on the things that I, <laughs> I aim for, regardless of uh, potential of success or not. <laughs> on this note, we say goodbye.
first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus. Island Talks. Open. Diverse. Free.